your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily Blues content. I'm Josh Heim. And I'm Thomas Welch. We got a fun episode for you guys today. The St. Louis Blues finally make their way back into the win column with a 4-1 victory over the San Jose Sharks, which may not even have been as close as the score looked. The Blues put up 48 shots on the Sharks. It was a great performance from them overall. Uh, We're going to be getting into that and more, talking about the youth movement of the Blues continuing to dominate, and Billy Huso making a case to be a really, really strong backup goaltender for the Blues this year. All that and more today on the Lockdown Blues podcast. But first, I wanted to thank anyone and everyone out there who is making us their first Listen, we make these short bite-sized episodes. That way, when you wake up, your morning cup of coffee, your commute to work or school, you got 20 minutes, throw the episode on, get caught up on all your blues news. So, yeah, make us your first listen. We appreciate that. Uh, With that being said, Tommy, huge win tonight for the blues. Uh, I said it was like getting back to square one after a tough losing streak uh, coming off of a long winning streak. So the blues were kind of in the middle of the road in terms of momentum. And uh, they they did a good job of getting back to the the right habits, the right routine tonight with a win over the San Jose Sharks. What do you like out of the blues tonight? I liked everything, honestly. I I think for a little bit there in the first period, uh, they started off a little bit slow. And I think there was a couple odd man rushes going the other way for the Sharks where I was like, oh, no, like. I, I didn't think it was going to go south, but I was like, this could get shaky if this continues. Uh, Billy Huso had a nasty glove save, though, early on, uh, if, if, if I do recall. So we're going to talk about that later. But uh, since then, we talked about how last game it seemed like the Blues didn't have any fight against the Yotes. The Blues absolutely fought back after those odd man breaks, and uh, they never looked back from it. They were just played a full, almost a full, I guess, uh, 16 minutes of hockey. And they were commanding at doing so. Brandside had two goals on the night. Love to see that guy get going. David Perron had an assist, I believe. Love to see that guy get going. Robert Thomas putting one in the back of the net. Dude keeps shooting. That shot's going to get better, and he's going to find twine. So, uh, And obviously Jordan Kyrou's out there doing his thing as well. Scott Perunovich, first career point. Looking like a puck-slinging monster out there. We were talking before the podcast. I think there was like one play I saw where he made like an errant pass. And it wasn't even like a pizza into the middle of the ice. It was just like he missed his man. And then they like battled for it in the neutral zone. But other than that, he's just hitting guys right on the tape, right in stride, like exactly where you want it. And I feel like uh, we saw something similar with Robert Thomas the first season that he came up. And if you look at the player that Robert Thomas is now, I think when he first came up, people were like, oh, wow, like this guy's a really good playmaker. He's a really good skater. Uh who knows what he's capable of now we're even more so like this guy is currently playing as one of the best players on the st louis blues better than ryan o'reilly some could argue better than david perron many would argue and i think it's just it just speaks to not only the culture that uh the blues have built here but doug armstrong and the capability of um essentially building through the draft right it's like what they always preach is finding those diamonds in the rough because if you're going to be winning hockey games throughout the season and you're going to the playoffs and deep in the playoffs, you're going to be drafting late in the first round. So making the most of those first round picks uh, and finding the guys who shouldn't be falling that deep is absolutely um, what creates dynasties and what what creates uh, teams 
managing the game and being successful for the long haul. And I think Doug Armstrong has done a fantastic job of that. And it's the perfect example is Scott Perunovich <laughs> coming on the ice today and being one of the difference makers on the team and eating the minutes that he has been. Um, I think that second power play unit, I, I, it was Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and Perunovich on the perimeter, just slinging the pucks around, like communicating. Jordan Cairo's like directing, telling Rob Tom where to go from across the ice. And you can see that they all have the same idea. And you can see that they're uh, kind of like feeling the vibes from each other, that they're, they all have the same skating ability. They all kind of read the game the same way. And that's not to say that anyone else on the Blues, like these veteran presences and all these guys, like they're good at hockey too, right? But I think this new generation of talent uh, are just a different breed. And I think Rob, Tom, Jordan, Kyra, and Scott Prunovich all fall into that category. So for whatever reason, uh, they have a level of chemistry that's kind of above everyone else. One thing that we talked about last year uh, that we sort of said it was the blue style that might have been a little inaccurate uh, that I think plays really well into this year is last year we talked a lot about the Blues trying to play a hybrid style of hockey, focusing kind of 50-50 on two-way play and then just speed and skill. And last year I think the pieces were there and we saw that at times, but overall, you know, they, they lacked a strong enough identity in either of the sides for it to really click overall. And then all of a sudden – this season, we kind of see that dynamic working perfectly, and not only is it working perfectly, it's kind of split down the middle between the the older groups of the older members of the core, and then the younger, the next wave. You know, you got guys like Ryan O'Reilly, Brandon Saad, David Perron, just grinding it out on the boards. You know, making life tough for the opponents all the time, and then all over the boards hops Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas flying up and down the ice connecting passes tape to tape you know impo at impossible angles it's it's so it's so much for opponents to deal with when you got two completely different styles of play coming at you based on what line is out there for the st louis blues um and the fact that we kind of see in this passing of the torch this year of you know i mean not even passing the torch because it's not like o'reilly and tarasenko and those guys are struggling it's just all of a sudden you got jordan Cairo top of the leaderboard for points robert thomas top of the leaderboard for assists billy huso two and oh with one goal allowed it's not not enough to like about the the youth of the st louis blues team for sure we're gonna have to talk about billy huso in the next segment because we definitely the, are the difference between the billy huso that we saw last season and the billy huso we're seeing right now first of all is night and day and i think Obviously, a large part of that is because of the defense in front of him. I feel like they're doing a lot better this season for the majority, and I think Scott Prunovich helps that. But I think his confidence is just night and day. The difference between this season and last season is probably why he let in so many shots on the first shot of the game is because he's kind of still feeling jittery. Uh, you're in the NHL now. It's a lot different than the AHL, and he was down there for a while. Uh, kind of struggled with consistency, but uh, he's looked like, the perfect backup for Jordan Bennington for uh, better lack of a word so far this season. So we're reaching close to the end of the first segment, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about Billy Huso and also talking about Scott Perunovich getting his first NHL point and beginning his Calder campaign that Tommy so famously predicted a few episodes ago. Uh, but if you want to join Tommy and put your money where your mouth is and bet on Scott Perunovich to win the Calder or literally anything else, you put your mind to you got to check out betonline.ag they're back and better than ever a brand new web interface for the start of basketball and hockey season plus more props odds and lines than ever before 
Bet Online remains your number one spot for basketball, football, and hockey action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online where the game starts, and we will be right back. All right, Tommy. I know you want to talk about Billy Huso, and we will get there, but the title of this episode, at least on YouTube, is Scott Perunovich, first career point. So it's only fair that we do the due diligence and give uh, give a little bit of this segment to Scotty to Hottie as he was slinging the puck all over the place tonight, almost had a goal, almost had a couple more assists, but had the secondary assist on a goal to get his first career point, first of many. How good does Scott Brunovich look tonight? One of the biggest things you can look at first career point, it's always a plus for the game that you play in that, right? You're always going to look good if you come out of the game with an assist. Uh, but one of the biggest thing for defensemen, I think, is ice time and how much of the time on ice you can eat during a game. Uh, is In his season debut, I think they said on the broadcast, he had 18 minutes of time on ice. Tonight he had 19. So he's trending up. First of all, and second off, starting at just a stupid high number for a guy that hasn't even played a game in the NHL yet. Uh, lofty expectations, was leading the entire AHL in points, uh, comes up and pretty much picks up where he left off. Just eating minutes, slinging pucks r- directly onto tape. Uh, he looks like, Josh and I were talking about it before this episode, but if we're talking about dynasties and we're talking about the next wave of players, it seems like the Blues already have almost half their core in place uh, for the next wave of, I guess, teams that they're going to be trying to make the playoffs through and win another Stanley Cup through once guys like Braden Chen are gone, guys like David Perron are gone, guys like Ryan O'Reilly are gone. Uh, That day is going to suck, and I'm not sure when it's going to come, but it's it's comforting to know that we have Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and now – two games, but Scott Prunovich, you could make the argument that he's inserting himself into that core and the kind of that core dynamic as well. So it feels good. So impressive to see uh, Scott Prunovich come up and look so confident so early on. It, you know, it, it's, it's one thing for just any player to come up, but to come up as an undersized defenseman playing 18, 19 minutes a night, you know, in the midst of uh, the worst stretch of the season for the St. Louis Blues, it, it's a lot of pressure on Scott Perunovich, especially, you know, with all the hype surrounding him, uh, leading the AHL and scoring and all that. Um, and we know that Craig Ruby is not uh, is pretty pretty short leash when it comes to rookies, young guys, and their ice time. Jordan Cairo is still, I think, not in the, even in the top five in ice time for forwards, and he's leading the, leading the way in terms of scoring. So to see Scott Perunovich get that much ice time shows how much uh, – coaches and management trust him as well you know it's not just us watching from our tvs saying this guy's pretty good it's craig berube looking at scott perunovich saying that he trusts him that he not only can he produce offensively but play solid defense as well uh, and i think he showed that tonight and the minutes are only going to keep going up for him if he keeps playing this way especially with young defensemen coming up and like you said kind of undersized one of the biggest things you kind of look for as a fan is like oh especially my dad. Like the second my dad found out that Scott Prunovich isn't six feet tall, he's like, oh, we, what are we getting excited for? You know, because he's like, <laughs> he's born in the 70s or 64, I think. So he's he's old time. If they can't light him up, they're no use to me. But uh, the game is changing. And I think that's evident by the three guys we've been mentioning this 
whole podcast. And I think um, it'll be exciting to see how they kind of build around those guys because I feel like we talk about it a lot on this podcast, but the Blues are so used to playing that grinded out physical, even at times this season, hybrid style of hockey. But if you've got guys like Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, and Scott Prunovich, and then you start drafting more guys like that, you're going to look more like the Toronto Maple Leafs or a East West Ooh. Coast team. Then I don't know. If that's I, a good I'm thing. I'm just saying, like in the in the way that they play, I think our playoff experience will benefit us to make it past the first round. But that is an entertaining hockey, like an entertaining style of hockey. I'd much rather see a score six to seven goals a night than win games one nothing. Yeah, and that's just that's just personally for me, and I think that's the new generation of um, hockey fan and guys like scoring game winners and tossing sticks over the stands. Like old guys like my dad might be like, oh, they should be doing up that and showing up the opponent. But I'm all for it. And if you don't like it, save the puck. How about that? You mentioned how it's nice. It's more fun to win games, you know, seven to whatever than one to nothing. But it's also nice to know that the Blues, uh, from what we've seen, potentially have a team that's capable of doing both. Obviously, it's been inconsistent and it's been a little concerning. You know, the offense started so high and then sort of disappeared the last few games. The defense has always had uh, trouble this season. But then the Blues go out and put up almost 50 shots tonight on a San Jose Sharks team that was, you know, right in line with them in the standings. Had a lot of players on that team playing really hot. James Reimer has like a 940 save percentage heading into the night. Yeah, playing out of his mind. Blues could have had a lot more goals if it weren't for him. What a way to sort of bring the offensive presence back into the fold by putting up, you know, almost 50 shots. And that being said, we talked about yesterday, the best defense can sometimes be a good offense. And as much as I don't think the defense, you know, st- stuck out and said, wow, the defense was, you know, rock solid tonight. I think the deep, this might've been one of the best games the blues have had defensively purely based on the fact that they possessed the puck so well and just had so many offensive scoring opportunities that the Sharks really didn't get a whole lot. And when they did, Huso was solid. Uh, that being said, I think it's time to talk about the backup goalie because it is night and day compared to last year, what we're seeing in a Billy Hughes show, Tommy. It's a good problem to have, but I think even past that, I mean, we saw Joel Hofer come up, dude's 21 years old, uh, and he played against the Canes, right? And we lost to them by one. And that is a formidable force in the NHL right now is the Carolina Hurricanes. And Joel Hofer said, oh, we're good. I'll just hop in and uh help us contend the entire time so uh, you've got him in the cupboard you've got Billy Huso in the stock drawer and you've also got Colton Ellis who's just been absolutely tearing it up in uh, juniors as well so uh, the Blues have a good problem on their hands in at the goaltender position and I don't know what it's what it spells out for the future of Jordan Bennington but I would assume given um the Ben Bishop the Ben Bishop circumstances that uh, they'll probably sign Bennington to another contract but uh, I think having guys in the fold like that, that uh, you trust and are capable of stepping up, not only in that backup position, but eventually uh, when they develop more and get a little more uh, miles under them, I guess, uh, can insert into a starting role as well. And I think for as much as we talk about, and I have faith and you have faith in Jordan Bennington, um, the jury is still kind of out on him. And I think this season he's kind of showing that uh, he's more like the Stanley Cup goalie that we've seen but the last two years that's a that's a strong sample size of him struggling and obviously the defense has a part of a part in that but uh in the event that he has another season where he does struggle uh, I think it would it would behoove the St. Louis Blues to go back to a 1A or 1B uh goaltending stable and having guys like 
Vili Huso playing the hockey is right now, having guys like Joel Hofer, who is a pretty highly touted prospect, and having a guy like Colton Ellis, who's putting together re- the resume that he is, uh, only helps solidify that idea. It is, like you said, a good problem to have, and I do think that if we are to see the day when Jordan Bennington does lose his spot to one of these guys, not saying I want that to happen, but I think it, it's pretty clear at this point that Bennington is a legit NHL quality goaltender, but that doesn't mean that Joel Hofer, Billy Huso, Colton Ellis can be a star at that level. Not that Jordan Bennington isn't, but we could see today where there's a, a, a battle for that goaltending spot because Doug Armstrong loves to keep the goaltending covered stacked. He's said it in plenty of drafts in the past. It's the most important position to have depth at in terms of prospects. So who knows what, what we'll see. Like you said, it's a good problem to have. Now, when we return in the third segment, we're going to be looking at the Blues' next few games moving forward, how they can sort of take this win and channel it into success moving forward because while they have an easy schedule to end November, once December hits, it's not going to be smooth sailing. So don't go anywhere. We're getting into that. We'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So for the most part, the St. Louis Blues have a – Rather light end to November, a couple of easy games here and there. But then all of a sudden, right near the end of the month, they close November with a game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And as if that wasn't hard enough, right after that, they open up December with a game against, you guessed it, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think the the rest of December is a pretty similar schedule as well. Some tough opponents coming up, some Eastern Conference opponents. What is it going to take for the Blues to sort of reset their momentum and carry off this win to hopefully bring together another win streak? Yeah, so like you said, you you end November against the Lightning, start off December against the Lightning, and then the next two games after that kind of – it's not a back-to-back matchup, but it's back-to-back in terms of who you're playing. Uh, the next two games after the Lightning, you're playing the Panthers, who – just look like they're beating everybody at this point. So, like you said, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good test for this Blues team uh, once you hit December. So, in the meantime, uh, you got the Golden Knights on the twenty second. You got the Red Wings and Lucas Raymond on the twenty fourth. But then you got the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets thrown in there as well. And you got the Stars coming up on Saturday. So, not as formidable opponents. Uh, as the Lightning and Panthers to start off December. So in the meantime, before you get to that point of having to grit your teeth and white-knuckle it against two of the best teams in the league, it's time to build some momentum. It's time to build some confidence, right? Let's go beat up on the Dallas Stars. It's a division opponent. Let's go beat up on the Chicago Blackhawks because they're just the Chicago Blackhawks and everybody hates them, right? So I, I think this game... Uh, was huge for this Blues team, not only because you just came off of a fat loss against the Yotes, and it's a good way to lose, or or not to lose, to end uh, your four-game losing streak, but also uh, it's a good time, it's a perfect time to right the train in the right direction, right? Because you've got these games coming up that you want to get points in and want to get some wins in and want to put in your back pocket and say, hey, like, we dropped the ball, hand up, dropped the ball against the Yotes, but uh, we turned it around after that and handled our business until December when we had to face some big guns. And I think that's what the Blues want to look up, want to look back on this stretch and say. And so hopefully uh, they will go out there and do so. Yeah, I, I think tonight was a huge game. Just coming off of that Coyotes loss, it was so important to see what this team was really made of. And if they came out and lost again tonight, expanded the losing streak, 
you know, the tone of this episode would be so different. We'd be looking at the rest of the season saying, what, what is this team about? What is the identity of this team? And the fact of the matter is, not much would be different if this was a loss compared to a win in the long run. But it really it is about the little things that we saw tonight. And even if they came out and they lost and they played the way that they did tonight, it is a positive, a positive showing from the Blues. Obviously, getting getting in the win column is always a, a bonus. But just the the little things were even more impressive than the win. Even more impressive than the fifty shots on goal were just the way that they really finally looks like the better team against the sh- a team that looks worse than them on paper. I, they finally slapped, um, finally snapped the the streak of one goal games. They put, they kept the Sharks at bay. They didn't let them back into the game. They continued to add on. They didn't turtle. Every bat also scored on the power play against the best PK unit in the NHLs. So. After the Coyotes game, it's like I, I said, every bad habit that we've seen from the Blues reared its head in that game. Every good habit we'd we've seen from the Blues so far reared its head in this game. It's it's amazing the the disparity. Yeah, it's amazing, and that's what we said after the Coyotes game. We said. Best case scenario, they go out and look like they did at their peak at the start of the season against the Sharks, and they did that. And it's 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 nice that they didn't put you know win this game seven to four like they were at the beginning of the season. They won a game in dominant fashion, offensively and defensively. I don't know if they've done that yet this year. They've won a lot of games dominating on offense, but I think this might be the first time that they dominated on offense and defense and came away with a win. Obviously, you never like to see your team lose, right? But I think another reason that. It was so aggravating to me because I knew that they were capable of playing better. And this this matchup and the way that they played tonight and the way that they played against the Oilers and the Canes and all that stuff, when the Blues do play the Lightning and the Panthers, if they play like they did tonight, that is going to be some must-see hockey. Not even just for Blues fans and not even just for Lightning fans, but for like if you just like watching hockey games in general and you're scrolling through – and the Blues go out and handle their business against the Stars and handle their business against uh, the Golden Knights and all the Blackhawks coming up. If you're just scrolling through and you see uh, the St. Louis Blues versus the Lightning, like if I'm just a hockey fan in general, I'm like, oh, I got to see this game because it's going to be like a heavyweight match, you know? And that's like, that's the stuff you live for as a fan, just watching two teams that are just playing at like the top of their talent level go at it. And I want to be excited for those games. I don't want to be sitting here being like, well, we don't really know like which team's going to show up. Is it going to be the team that didn't play for 40 minutes of the 60 minute game? Or is it going to be the team that we saw earlier on in the season? I want to be, I want to be comfortable and confident in the team that we're going to see. So like I said, uh, this is a perfect time to build momentum and some confidence in the fans and some confidence in the players too. Going back to David Perron, uh, Mitchell Ward, uh, stopping in the chat real fast. Mitchell Ward said earlier, I'm glad he's not signed about Perron. I'm glad he's not signed super long-term because I love the dude, but he's getting older and the drop-off will come at some point. Hopefully this isn't the year and he just had an off game. Yeah, I actually thought uh, I agree with Richard Clay in the chat that uh, this game was a lot better than last game against the Yotes, and it did feel like the Blues, towards the end of this game, uh, were trying to get David Perron a goal just to kind of boost his confidence and feel better about himself. I did think he played better. Uh, I still don't think he's playing like the David Perron we saw last year. I don't really think that's due to age. I think I think it's just hard. Like, if you're – like, put yourself in David Perron's shoes, right? You're, like, a highly touted prospect. Come up through the system – 
leave St. Louis, come all the way back. Like all the fans love you. You're just go absolutely off last year. You come in this year and everyone is talking about Jordan Cairo and you're like, okay, like, wait a minute. I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm supposed to be a core member of this team. I'm supposed to be the power play guy. I'm supposed to be the guy that's leading the team in game winning goals. And I'm just not doing that right now. Like it's easy to get in your own head and be like, am I losing it? Like, have I lost a step? And I, I, I don't know if that's where David Perron is at right now, but I could see like if he was. And obviously the Blues are going to do everything in their power to help him. And I think Craig Berube said too, like they're going to try to help him and get him goals, but he has to like work for those goals. And I think um, tonight he did a much better job of working. For them. I don't know if I'm too too much of a subscriber to that theory that David Perron's getting a, like maybe upset about his ice or anything like that because the man did get exposed in the expansion draft by the Blues and come back. So seems like he's he's pretty happy to play any role with them. But I could also definitely see it sort of like a flip side of maybe he was, I don't want to say he was asked to play above his role last season because I think he earned every point he got and was one of the best players on the team. But I don't think anybody last season expected David Perron to be the best forward on the team for stretches like he was. And I don't think even, I don't know if David Perron expected that, to be completely honest. No, you know, no knock on him, but he's last year might have been the best season he's ever had in you know in his career um so obviously last game he struggled uh but overall the points are still there the numbers are still there and every other game he's looked solid and it might be nice for him to sort of have a little bit of the pressure off and watching guys like Jordan Kyrie and Robert Thomas uh light up the scoreboard and um, he'll get his he always does you know he'll get hot he'll string some goals together and come playoff time David Ferran will be crucial for this team. That's the one thing that's going to be interesting, you know, knock on wood, if and when they get there. Um, seeing if these young guys can continue the dominance in where the games where it really matters, you know, not just the playoffs, but against Tampa, against Florida, and then late in the season as well. Because we know we're going to get uh, consistent hockey out of David Perron, Ryan O'Reilly, Jordan Bennington come playoff time. But if the if Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, Scott Brunovich continue to fire on all cylinders and get stronger as the season goes on, I don't know if there's a single hole in this team in terms of scoring the puck. Defense, they'll work it out. But, man, this offense is fun this year. Like you're talking about, it's a good problem to have that David Perron is not hot right now and this team is for the most part, like still winning games and still looking like it did tonight. So um, in the event that he does kind of struggle this entire season, it looks like the Blues are capable uh, and willing to pick up the weight around him. And if he does pick it up back this season and uh, we see the David Perron that we saw last season, uh, it's just going to be <laughs> an even an even bigger fire fest for the St. Louis Blues and an even bigger shooting gallery. Uh, on a nightly basis for for other goalies so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch how it all plays out but it's nice to see some of those other guys get going too Bushnevich has looked a lot better uh I know the suspension kind of threw him off but in the games since then he's looked like the Bushnevich that we heard about during the trade Brandon Saad obviously big game tonight he's doing great things and he brings that sniper capability, high shooting percentage all the time. James Neal, I think, hit two posts tonight. So establishing him as the net front presence, all those things combined, I think this team, even coming off of a losing streak, is trending in the right direction. And like we keep coming back to, it's the perfect time to because you're coming up against some juggernauts. We're going to have that all covered for you here on the Locked on Blues podcast. But I think that's all the time we have today. 
So thanks, everybody, so much for listening and watching live on YouTube. Thanks, Richard Clay. Thanks, M. Thanks, Mitchell Ward. Everyone else that was in the chat, we love when you guys chat with us. It makes these episodes so much more fun. We love engaging with you guys. If you want to join them, make sure you hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel at Lockdown Blues and hit the notification bell. That way you'll get notified whenever we go live. You can jump in the chat just like they did. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That way you never miss a new episode. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook at Lockdown Blues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelsher15. Thanks so much for listening, and as always, let's go Blues.